you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. tonight is not necessarily a doctrinal issue everything else that we've been talking about is a doctrinal issue but what I'm going to talk about tonight is more of a character uh, thing that that uh, will help us to uphold our walk with God before we do that let's rewind everything that we read and studied over the year because we have spread this across a year it's not easy for us to remember everything right so we'll go back and we'll rewind uh, we were in Psalm 11 and verse 3 uh, that was our foundation for this entire series right uh, let's read it together one two three go if the foundations are destroyed what can the righteous do so in other words we saw the importance the necessity of us having good strong foundations because without the foundations the righteous cannot stand long and and uh, we studied all the way from Acts chapter 2 verse 38 onwards. Let's read them out. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and and turn to God. So that, that's the first uh, key that we learned that God wants us to repent of our sins. In other words, God wants us to be born again. God wants us to turn our uh, lives around and look to him and put our trust and our faith in him a hundred percent. The second thing that we learned is that we need to be baptized. It's not enough that we look to God for help, look to him to save us from our sin. It's necessary that we be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. What happens with baptism is that our internal faith becomes external, it becomes public. We had a baptism last Sunday and you know what we did. There was a public confession of his personal faith. He has been saved for almost two years before he got baptized last Sunday. But that internal faith became public when he came out and, and he got baptized, right? Then we went on to study on the importance of Holy Spirit baptism. We cannot be satisfied with just being baptized in water. We need to pray and expect a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who gives that baptism. The water baptism, it may be the elder, the leader, the person who brought you to the Lord, the pastor, whoever may be the one who gave you the water baptism. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the other term for this baptism is the baptism of fire, is given by Jesus himself. He's the one who baptizes us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, we would think that that's enough. That's our foundation. That's all that it takes for us to walk with God and for us to achieve great things for God. But if you read Acts chapter 2, you would see several things that were practices in the New Testament church. Now, getting saved is, you know, like a once in a lifetime thing. Getting baptized is also one time thing. The first time that you get filled in the Holy Spirit is also a one time huge encounter you keep getting filled in the Holy Spirit later but it's one big encounter you know when you do encounter the Holy Spirit for the very first time however the next few things that we talked about it is a regular practice something that has to be constantly done for example the first thing that we learned was that these guys they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching this is in 42 Acts 2 verse 42 onwards it says they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles in other words they 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 went and they submitted themselves to leadership and they said teachers speak to us mentor us guide us mold us you know they were willing to be taught that's the first thing. So when they were willing, being willing, they were, when they were willing to be taught, they were taught God's word. They were taught from scripture, end to end. You know, back in the day when these disciples, they started following Jesus, it was only Genesis to Malachi. You know, they, back then they didn't have Matthew to Revelation, right? So 
their Bible specifically was the Old Testament. However, later when Apostle Paul came along and other apostles started writing letters, they started reading these letters in the public meetings, especially in churches where there were no senior pastors, you know, because there was so much churches being planted that there were no, no pastors in some churches. And this is what they would do. They would read, you know, Paul would write letters to these churches. So on, on, on the days when they meet up, they would read these letters and then they will exchange the letters. You know, you would read it in, in, in the book of Philippians, you know, that they would send their letter to the church at Laodicea and Laodicea will send their letter to the church at Philippi. So they will exchange their letters and they will read. So it was not necessarily always a very personal instruction. It was also a, a, a scripture that they knew that they could, they could, you know, receive from one another. And that's how they submitted to the teaching of the apostles. The next thing that they did was they submitted to fellowship. In other words, they were not in a hurry. They received the word of God, but they also spent time fellowshipping. What happens in fellowshipping is, is that I see the real you. You know, what we show each other in church for the two hours that we are here is not the real us. What we show each other is the side that you want the other person to see. The lifting of hands and the, the nice, cute smile that you have. Everything that you show in church is because you know your pictures are going to be taken up. In a couple of weeks, that's going to come on the screen. And you don't want to be caught, you know, yawning on the live stream camera. You know, so, so when we walk into the church, our guard is really up. That is why these guys said, hey, it's not enough that we just, you know, come and learn from the word it's necessary that we become one and, and fellowship is where we become one and they hung out after church they hung out outside of church there was a lot of fellowship not only did they have fellowship they had constant communion you know taking part in the lord's table you know sharing of food it was you know more than just bread and wine back in the day Back in the day, taking part of the Lord's Supper or the Lord's Table was a full-blown dinner or a full-blown supper. That was not like, you know, what we do on a Sunday morning, you know. Even what we do after church on Sunday morning is, you know, very little. We, all that we can do right now is snacks. But these guys went all out. They, they served meals. They served drinks. They had a party every time that they met together that's why it was called the lord's supper not the lord's snack what we have is the lord's snack right they had a lord's supper regularly amen and then the bible says they devoted themselves to prayers so this church was a prayer driven church this church was a church that was founded and and and, and they were devoted to a lifestyle of prayer for them Prayer was not only for the seasons or the times when things are going crazy. Prayer was, you know, all the time. The apostles, they resigned from administrative responsibilities in the church so that they can sit and just pray. They said, guys, you handle all the money, you handle all the distribution, we got to pray. Because this is our full-time responsibility. And I believe that the church is called to a lifestyle of prayer. That's why the Bible says, never cease from praying. Never stop praying. Because constant, continual prayer, it yields results, right? Then we read about the miraculous signs and wonders that happen in the church it says that a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed uh, many miraculous signs and wonders so this church was a supernatural church it was not just a uh, you know natural teaching oriented church it was a church which had uh, so much emphasis on miracles and signs and wonders and, and we studied in detail about how to walk into the supernatural understand that and the last that we learned was the importance of uh, the sacrificial Christian right the the Christian that that sacrificed everything and they the Bible says in in verse 44 and 45 of Acts chapter 2 when all the believers they met together in one place and 
shared everything that they had what what else verse 45 it says they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need so so in other words these this church was a sacrificial church these christians were sacrificial christians and and we're going to talk much much more about it during the giving series you know the whole giving series is about sacrificial giving right so today this, the, the topic that I want to talk about is the consistency that these guys had. Give me the next verse, verse 46. It says, they worshiped together at the temple. Come on, read it with me. What are the last two words? Each day. each day, not each week. Come on. Now, this is something which is extremely personal. You will not find this in the theology textbooks. You would not find this in, in the doctrinal statements of any churches. This is something that I believe the Lord is taking us into. Because I believe that our church will be a daily church. I don't think we will be a weekly church. I believe that the Lord wants us to become a, a daily church. Will we have weekly gatherings? Absolutely. But I believe that sooner or later, the Lord is going to cause us to be a daily church. Let me explain to you what I mean. Okay, the next verse, verse 46, it says, They worship together at the temple each day, each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. So this is what they would do. They would go to church, and they would go and worship in church, and then they would come back, and they would, you know, do the communion at home. When they would have their meal, they would break bread, and they would have the Lord's Supper each day, every single day. And the Bible says, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So, so today I'm going to talk to you about the, the consistent Christian. Are you excited about this topic? How many of you believe that consistency is a foundation of a Christian? Like we may see this as a good quality to have. But you may not necessarily see it as a foundational requirement that without consistency I can uh, you know crash you know you may think that you know I can I can just you know be be back in the groove whenever I want the next fasting prayer comes I'm back on fire I'm back in revival but the Bible talks about the importance of consistency so often we think that you know God just wants us to be happy and excited in special seasons of our life like like you know let's imagine that you're gonna get married tomorrow what would be your level of prayer tonight <laughs> what would be your level of spiritual alertness tonight what will be the level of excitement in your heart tonight come on nobody in this place is excited on the topic of marriage let's say that Tomorrow, you're going to get $1 million. Let's talk money now. Okay. I don't know. My marriage doesn't excite you, so let, let me talk about money. Okay. Anybody excited for money in this place? Okay. We at least get talking about money. But, you know, let's say that something huge is happening in your life tomorrow. And tonight is going to be that night. Okay, let's, for, the, for you pastors, let's say tomorrow you are preaching in front of 10,000 people. What are you going to be doing tonight? You're going to be going crazy. <laughs> no sleep tonight. You know, no, 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 you know, no TV. Your kids can't talk to you. Man, you're, you're like on fire tonight, right? Now the, the, the crazy thing is God wants you to be as attentive to him as you would be on your wedding day, as you would be on the day that you get to preach to 10,000 people, as you would be the day that you're about to be awarded 10 million rupees. Like, like if you've never seen 10 million rupees and somebody's going to give you 10 million rupees, you're praying in your heart saying, Lord, protect my heart, prepare me to handle this wisely. You're going all crazy, right? Because you don't know how to do this. Can you imagine us living like that each and every day? with that kind of ferociousness, with that kind of excitement, with that kind of preparedness, with that kind of, uh, you know, willingness to uh, give our everything. Because what happens with us is that 
when we uh, reduce our encounters with God only to those special days of let's say Sunday for us you know Sunday is a very special day when we reduce our expectation from God on the rest of the days in the week the rest of the seasons in our week I'm telling you uh, we have made God a religion because that's what religion does right religion tries to bots god into a day bots god into a place bots god into a set of rules and regulations and all this but but that is not what god called us for god called us for a lifestyle of dependency and expectation and 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 waiting on him that that that'll that'll tell him that we are really really serious we're in this for the long haul and God is as excited or in God's eyes your your marriage day is as as spiritual as tonight is in God's eyes God wants to bless you and speak to you as much tonight that your movement right now as you're listening to me is as much as important as it was or is or will be on your marriage day you know do you understand what I'm saying? For God, every single moment that we give to Him is valuable. That is why it is necessary that as Christians we would live the everyday lifestyle Christian. There has to be things that become a part and parcel of your life. There has to be principles, routines, uh, disciplines that become a part and parcel of who you are. Jesus taught us to pray this in Matthew 6, 11. Give us today the food we need. He didn't say, Lord, give me today the food that I need for the next one week. You know, I've heard people pray that when they come to church. Lord, feed me something that will prepare me for the next one week. Now, now there's nothing wrong about praying that prayer. That's also some, some of us saying that probably this is the only word I will receive in the next one week. So this word has to be strong enough to sustain me. Can I explain to you honestly, what happens on a Sunday morning is not even 1% of what God wants to do in your life in the week. The Sunday morning service is supposed to be a stimulant. It is supposed to be an appetizer. It is supposed to be something that will provoke your hunger for God, provoke your desperation for God, open your eyes to new things, better things. But the real game begins when you walk out of this place and you begin to practice it out. You begin to live it out. And, and you live dependent on God and saying, God, give me today my food. Give me today my food. Give me a word for this day. I'm not going to go out of my room till I have a word from you today. Think about this. Just imagine. How would your life be when if... Just how many of you had encounters with God? You've had crazy powerful encounters with God? You've had encounters where God spoke to you? Yes. Have they changed the direction of your life? Yes. How would it be if you would have encounters like those for the next 365 days. 365 days of encounters. What would happen to your life? <clears throat> Think about this. What would, be, what would your life look like if every day you decide, today I am not getting out of my house before I get my daily bread. I'm just not leaving this. You know, and, and we think that this is something that only this New Testament guys, when they were excited, that's when they did it. No. Let's go to the Old Testament. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 and verse 21, it says, come on, read it with me loudly. One, two, three, go. Each day, the Levites and the priests, they sang to the Lord accompanied by loud instruments. How many days? Come on. Is it only on the Sabbath? No, each day the Levites, they, they made it their profession. They made it their job. Now, now check this out. God did not give it in the Ten Commandments saying each day you have to be in the temple. Each day you have to be singing these songs. Did God say anything like that? Yes, no. How many of you know the Ten Commandments by heart? Any, anything about each day you should be singing songs to God? Nothing. But these guys were available in the house of God each day and what did they do they're like 
don't care if God speaks to me or not, but I'm going to speak to him. I'm going to worship him and I'm going to sing to him. I'm going to express myself to him. How would it be if each day, each day there is a new song that comes out of your heart. Each day there is a new, new, new melody that comes out of your heart. You sing a new song to the Lord every morning that you wake up. You sing a new tune. You, 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 you're humming. What kind of joy will you carry in the next 365 days if every day you have a song to sing? Come on now. If every day you're prophetically worshipping, Every day, you know, I mean, come on, there's a limit to how many times you can sing, here I am to worship, right? Because if you have to be singing every day, you need to have new songs. You need to be, you know, singing your own song. You'd be, you know, singing your own melody, your own tune. Now, some of you, it may not be songs, it may be different things, but you have your way of worshiping God. How would it be if each day, man, each day, you would you would live a lifestyle of worshipping God each day. How would it be? What would happen to you? What would happen to us? What would happen to us if we do that each day? Let me talk about the lifestyle of the king in the Old Testament. When God gave a direction about the king, God said, this is what the kings should do. In Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 18, it says, when the king, he sits on the throne as a king, he must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priest. What is this body of instruction? It's the word of God. See, back in the day, they didn't have the Bible app. Okay, so if I have to translate it in today's language, it means the day that he sits on the throne, he must install the Bible app on his phone in the presence of the church, in public view, say, hey, here I am. I'm, 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 I'm installing the Bible app on my phone. And what else should he do? It says, the next verse says, and he must always keep that Bible app with him. And what should he do? <clears throat> and he should read it daily, as long as he lives. That way, what will happen? He will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the decrees of these instructions and decrees. See, God is giving a commandment specifically for the kings. I don't know about you, but I believe I'm part of the royal priesthood. Amen. Come on, I believe that I'm called to rule. I'm not here to just, you know, just enjoy church and go. No, 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 I'm here to rule and reign and have dominion over my life, over the lives, over the circumstances that I live in. Come on. Anybody else who is here to, to rule and reign with Jesus, then this has to become your principle. The Bible says you have to copy the word or you have to get a copy of God's word for yourself. And how often should you read it? <coughs> Daily. It was not, uh, you know, the days that you have to make an important decision. You know, these guys did that also. There were times when King David, for example, he murdered a guy by mistake. Okay, not his fault this time, but by mistake. He because he didn't tell them that the ark has to be covered on the sh to be has to be carried on the shoulders. So uh, he 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 got them to carry it in a bullock cart. Do you know the story? Yes, the ark was being transported from one place to the other. They brought it on a bullock cart. So the Bible says that when this guy died, Uzzah died, the next time they, the, the king, he said, man, this time I have to read the Bible. I have to really know what is in the Bible. So there were special occasions like those when they read the Bible specifically to understand what is in the mind of God about that particular topic. You would see this in the days of Ezra. You would see all of those. But that is not what God has ordained. God has ordained for these kings to read every day. Every day. Why? So that they will learn. Come on, read that line with me. So that they will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. Let me tell you why is it that we don't obey? It's because we don't read. It's because we don't listen to God's word. You know, it's very simple. God's word is, you know, sometimes we think about it being such a ginormous book. There are several things that you need to do. Four things that you need to do with God's word. 
Can I teach you this? The first is you need to read the word. Everybody say read. read. And when I say read, you need to read from cover to cover. Start to end, beginning to end, everything. Every little detail, Genesis to Revelation. If you have a principle of reading four chapters a day, you can read Genesis to Revelation in a year. It's that simple. That is, that'll take less than 10 to 15 minutes of your time in a day. It can be an audio Bible. It can be just, you know, reading through it 15 minutes at a stretch. You, if you do that as a principle every day, you can finish the Bible in how many days? 365 days you would have finished Genesis to Revelation. It's that simple. The second thing that the Bible tells us to do is to meditate on God's word. Okay, so as you read this, there will be some scriptures that you would end up highlighting, right? There'll be something that will, you know, that, so this is what I do. And I have my regular reading schedule, but, uh, you know, I, when I have to spend time meditating, I pick up my highlights and I just go and pick up those scriptures and then I begin to just meditate on it. Now, meditating is different from studying. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about studying, but meditating is just picking up that one scripture or picking up that one portion of scripture. It may just be one verse and then you just meditate on it day and night and night and day. You know, for me, there is this one scripture that has captured my attention since last Saturday till today. I've been just on one simple verse in First Peter chapter 4. And, and I've been going bonkers with that one particular verse because the Bible talks about the importance of meditating on God's word. It's necessary to meditate on God's word. But meditating on God's word is not how you build doctrines. The problem happens, you know, I, I know if you remember Dr. John was talking about how sometimes we, we just study on one verse and then we make theology out of it. Meditation is not to bring out doctrine. Meditation is for revelation and for understanding and for increase in your intimacy with God. That is why we meditate. We don't meditate because uh, we want to form a theology out of that one verse. You cannot make a theology out of one verse. The third thing that, that, that you need to do is to study the word. That's what the Bible says, Joshua chapter 1. It says, study this book of the Lord day and night. So, in other words, you need to allot a time once in a week if you can or or you know, as often as you can to just pick up a portion of scripture and study it. And in studying, there are so many tools available. You pick it up, study it, highlight, mark, underline, write over it, write under it, take, you know, parallel references, go crazy about it, you know, and, and study it. <clears throat> and the fourth level of interaction with God's word is to memorize it. Now, can you imagine what would happen to all of us if we read our Bible every day, if we meditate on our Bible every day, if we study our Bible every day, and we memorize our Bible every day, what would happen to us over a long period of time? Come on, talk to me. What would happen? How would our lives be transformed? We are worried about why things are not moving and changing and shifting in our lives and sometimes it may just be because we are not allowing God that much space in our life and here it says that when we read our word regularly we will experience that rulership that we will function like kings the next verse verse 20 says this regular reading will prevent him everybody say prevent him, prevent him. from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens in other words this was meant to help the king and to and to make sure that his heart remains in the right place further on same words it says it will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way and it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel what will prevent him this daily reading of God's word daily practices daily receiving from God we saw daily worship we saw daily asking for daily food dependence daily dependence on God and now we're just talking about daily receiving a word from God you know if you go into the book of Proverbs chapter 8 you would see the voice of wisdom okay you would 
see wisdom calling out to people and he's saying and the, the Bible uses a feminine word for wisdom and says she's calling out to people and let's read verse 34 together it says joyful are those who listen to me come on watching for me daily at my gates waiting for me outside my home what do you do when you're reading God's word you're waiting for some wisdom to come your way Jesus is the wisdom of God and Jesus is the word of God when you receive Jesus in and through the scriptures on a daily basis what you encounter is the wisdom of God and the Bible says joyful are those who listen to me do you want joy you need to encounter the word of God on a daily basis you and I we need to we need to be willing to you know communicate with God to let God communicate with us regularly and let this not just be you know religious ritualistic reading four chapters a day and and memorizing one scripture and meditating three scriptures and and studying one portion no, no let it not become a religious ritualistic thing let it be that you have fallen so in love with god's word that you're willing to sacrifice your food or your sleep or your commitments or your engagements your your meetings with people so that you can meet with god the bible says these people they are willing to daily wait at the gates you know those that wait at the gates in the olden days if you see these serials you know i'm a big fan of historic serials you know and uh, you would see that anytime these kings or these royalties they come out of their gates you would find people waiting outside for arms and, and they would never, these kings, at least the generous ones, they would never go out of the gates without arms. They would always carry something in their hands. Their, their administrators, they will, you know, or their secretaries, they will carry something with them. And as they walk out, they would, you know, just give out arms and all these things and, and bless people. Because kings, especially in the, uh, in, in, in the European countries, kings used to be representatives of God. So, so, so they would bless the people on behalf of God. And, and I, 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 I kind of get a picture that that is what the word of God is expecting us to do from God. To expect to just daily wait at the gates. You know, these guys don't know when the king is coming out. Come on. They don't know the schedule of the king. They don't know if they plan to even go out today. You know, if this king has loose motion and he doesn't plan to go out today. Man, these guys are waiting there all day long for nothing. But still they wait. They don't know when he will show up, but they are waiting, waiting, waiting patiently. And the Bible says, joyful. Come on, read it once again. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Man, the wisdom of God is hidden in the word of God. The wisdom of God is, is just waiting to be released to you. But are you going to wait outside the home? Even when you don't have access, even when you don't understand anything. Can you just wait and just wait at the gates on a daily basis? Job chapter 23 and verse 12. Read it with me. One, two, three, go. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more, come on, more than daily food. How much would you be hungry and expect God's word on a daily basis? How much would you be willing to, uh, you know, just receive from God's word on a daily basis? God's presence, God's spirit uh, on a daily basis. How much? How much? If we are dependent on God like this verse says, if we are dependent on God saying, God, if I don't receive from you today, I'm not going to eat anything. If I don't receive from you, and that's not threatening God. That's just saying, I have, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Which means, if I have not received my daily portion from you, I'm not going to eat my daily food. Just not going to eat my daily food. I'm just going to wait on you till you first speak to me. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God didn't finish speaking 2000 years back. God's still speaking. How many of us are waiting on, it, on the gates 
How many of us are waiting outside the home? How many of us are waiting and treasuring God's word more than daily food? More than daily food. Treasuring God's word. Psalm 110 verse 3. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. You know the characteristic about morning dew is that not two, for two consecutive days you wouldn't find the same dew. It falls in the morning, by afternoon it evaporates and the next morning you have fresh dew on the same place, the same thing. Every day there is this dew that is renewed. And the Bible says that your strength will be renewed on a daily basis. As you wait on the Lord, as you receive from the Lord, as you remain dependent on the Lord, your strength will be renewed every day. How many of you have woken up and, uh, from sleep and said, Man, I just wish today is not the repeat of yesterday. Yesterday was such a miserable day. Yesterday was such a tough day. It was so hard for me. Let me tell you, when you wait on the Lord, when you begin your day with God, the Bible says your strength will be renewed every day. When you go to war, it will be like, man, you don't, need to, you don't need to struggle to get this battle on your side. You're just fighting like, you know, you already have won this war. You will be arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day, each day, each day your strength will be renewed like the morning dew. Not only will your strength be renewed, your spirit will be renewed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Read it with me loudly. 1, 2, 3, go. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Now this doesn't happen automatically. We think that it's just, you know, I'll just sit and relax and chill. No. When we are willing to let the Lord minister to us, when we are willing to engage with heaven, when we are willing to engage with the spiritual realities of heaven, that is when our, not just our strength is renewed every day, our spirit will be renewed every day. Can we, can we like make this a serious decision? A resolution saying, God, I, I want this to become my lifestyle. And every day, I want to wait on you for my daily bread. That every day I want to begin my day with a song. Every day I want to have a, a, a reading of God's word. Every day I want to wait at the gates for wisdom. Every day I want to treasure your commands more than my daily food. Every day I want to receive new strength for the day ahead. Every day I want to have my spirit be renewed. It says my outer body may be dying on a daily basis. But my spirit that is inside me, that is on the inside of me is being renewed every day. You know that Jesus was an everyday Christian. You know that Jesus was not a once in a week person. He was an everyday Christian. Luke chapter 21 and verse 37. Read it with me. Every day Jesus went to the temple to teach. And each evening he returned to spend the night on the Mount of Olives. How, how often did he do this? Come on. Once in a week? Every day, you know, this was this was a natural result. You know, I think, I think the, you know, although this is how it, the text is written, you know that this is not the actual order of events. The actual order of events is every night he will spend time with God, and then every day he went to the temple to teach. What he received from the Father, because Jesus said, "I don't do anything except I have first received from the father so every night he would wait on the father to hear every night he would receive from the father and then every day he would go and he would go to the temple to teach every day Jesus was an everyday person Jesus is our example of consistency he's our example of uh, of, of daily following God Verse 23, he says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross. Come on. Take up your cross. Weekly, monthly, 
seasonally. No, take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus expected a daily commitment from us. This is Luke chapter 9 verse 23. He told the people, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a daily follower of God. And you want to follow me? You cannot follow me once in a week. You cannot follow me when there is troubles and problems. You have to follow me daily. Jesus did not say, if you want to just follow me, just lift up your hands and just, you know, say, I, I love Jesus and, and you're saved. You will go to heaven. No. He said, every day. It says, if you want to be my follower, you must give up on your own way. How often? Daily. And each day you will carry your cross. How often? Every day. Daily. And then each day you follow me. Each day, every day, you follow me. And you would see the disciples did the same thing. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. Not only did they meet for supper and prayer every day. What did they do? It says every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. What message? Jesus is the Messiah. So in other words, their everyday discipline included waiting on the Lord and talking about the Lord. Every day they talked about Jesus. Every day the Bible says, can you read it once again? And every day in the temple and from house to house, two different places, okay? Once in the morning or in the evening they'd go to the temple and then from house to hall, house, they continued to teach and preach this message. How often? Every day. So, at the end of the day, if you've been able to pray, if you've been able to wait on the Lord, and if you've been able to receive wisdom, if you've been able to read or study or meditate or memorize a scripture, and if you've been able to be strengthened and renewed and everything is going good, but you've not been able to talk about this Jesus to anybody else, then we've not followed Jesus' lifestyle. You saw her Jesus' lifestyle? You remember what did Jesus do? Luke 21, he says, he prayed in the night and then he went and taught in the morning. And the disciples did the same thing. Not only did they pray, but did he? they went and spoke about Jesus every day, every single day. They made that a practice. So at the end of the day, when you evaluate if your day is a productive day or not, you have to ask yourself this question. How many people know about Jesus because of me today. Where did I get to talk about Jesus today? It's not about how much money you made today. It's not about how much food you made today. It's not about how much, you know, you know, house visiting you did or how much sermons you preached. It's about how many times did you witness about Jesus? Are you able to do this on a daily basis? Are people knowing and hearing and understanding that Jesus is the Messiah because of your life on a... Some of us are annual witnesses, you know, Christmas time or Good Friday time. That's the time when we testify about Jesus. How often do you talk about Jesus to others? We are looking forward to a favorable moment. No. Every day, these guys had made it their practice, their principle to do this on a daily basis. Every day, they would wake up, they would go to the temple, they would worship, they would do all of that, and then they would say, okay, find one person in the place that we can talk about Jesus to. And we'll tell them that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 23. Come on, read this with me loudly. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord each day proclaim the good news what good news is this that it saves each day each day proclaim the good news that God saves each day come on I'm, I'm, I'm increasing our responsibility today it's not enough that we witness once in a week it's not enough that we witness when there is a problem. We, we have to proclaim each day the good news. What is the good news? That God saves. That Jesus saves. Amen? 
Paul takes it one step further in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28. He says, then besides all this, I have this daily burden of my concern for all the churches. So this guy is not just, not just saying, okay, I, I talk about, I, I pray every day, I read the Bible every day, I worship every day. I, my spirit is being renewed every day. My strength is renewed every day. I do all of that. Then I preach about Jesus every day. That's not enough for me. I, my heart is burdened for the church every day. Every day. His passion was not only for the lost, unreached people out there in the world. His passion was also for the church. Why? Because the church is the body of Jesus. The church is the face and the hands and the feet of Jesus on the earth today. So he was constantly concerned about the church. He was constantly praying about the church. When you have a burden, what happens? You do something about it. You pray or you, you act or you go and help somebody or you, you, know, you invest into this place, right? And this was a man who said, hey, I can't, I can't, I can't just bless my church once in a week. I can't be a blessing to my church only when need arises. I want to be a daily contributor into the blessing of my church. I will carry the burden of my church on a daily basis. How many of us are here? Three, four, five, six, ten, fifteen. Uh, let's say that there are five, six people watching online. About 15, 20 people of us. Can you imagine where will our church go or grow to? If all of us decide to carry the burden of the church on a daily basis, what will happen over the next three to five days? If each and every one of us say, no, 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 this is not Pastor Prajee's church. This is not a revived nation. This is not just, this doesn't belong to revived nations. This is Jesus' church. And I, I have a responsibility in this church. I need to bear the burden. I need to stand in the gap. I need to pray. I need to fast. I need to talk to somebody about it. I need to do whatever it takes to take the, to carry the needs and the burden of this church for today. On a daily basis, if 20 people do that, 20 people knock on heaven's door on a daily basis for this church. 20 people work actively on a daily basis for this church. You know, this church or whichever church you belong to. You know, you do that. What would happen to us? What would happen to the church in, in 365 days? Are you able to visualize this? Come on now. You know what, 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 what we have been able to achieve in, you know, irregular weekly commitment. With irregular weekly commitment, what we have been able to achieve. God has done great things, right? Can you imagine what God can do through us if we have a daily commitment to the house of God? A daily commitment and saying, God, and I'm, I'm not saying that daily you will be in church singing or whatever, no. I'm, I'm asking you to be burdened about the church. I'm asking you to carry the burden of the church and ask the Lord, Lord, show me one area of need in the church. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be appointed as a worship pastor. Nothing like that. You just have to be a, a child of God who is saying, I want to do what Apostle Paul was doing. I want to carry the burden. He had the burden of several churches. But can you carry the burden of your church and say, God, this is the one area in my church where I want to see transformation. It doesn't have to be everything. Everybody doesn't have to put our hands everywhere. Some of you will say, God, I want to see children in our church filled in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I just want, that's one area that I'm praying, like, let's just, just constantly praying. I'm praying all the children in the church should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, last Sunday, you know, Zahal came and said, Dada, you keep taking me for all these baptisms. I also want to take baptism. You know, I want to be baptized too. I said, that's a good desire. The day you get filled in the Holy Spirit, I will baptize you. You pray, ask the Lord to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And the day that you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
I'll give you water baptism. And, and that's something that I'm contending and believing for all the children in our church. So can you ask God to show you that one area of greatest need in our church? And say, and say I'm just going to fight for this. I'm going to talk about this. I'm, gonna, I'm going to just you know, stand in the gap and won't be discouraged if it doesn't happen in two days. I'm just going to pray about it, read the Bible for it, you know, contribute towards it, spend my time towards it, talk to other people that know about this and just research about this and do whatever it takes to see this one area in my church blessed and touched and transformed and taken to the next level. I thank God for those guys in the church who've been working on a daily basis on our websites and our, 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 our media work. That is why we are able to go to the nations the way we are able to go. And they're working on a daily basis. You know, they, they wake up early in the morning, some of them, to do some work and they stay late into the night to do transcribing and all these all these things and, and they work on a daily basis that's why we are able to and they are giving their commitment to those areas of the church on a daily basis can you ask the lord to show you that one thing one area where you can carry that burden and say god this is going to be my daily burden and my daily concern for the church i'm just going to stand before you day in and day out and go to any extent Let's read 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 31. It says, For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done in me. In, in other words, what he's saying is, this is what happens to me in my pursuit of preaching God's word and carrying the burden of the church you know Paul was persecuted not by just by the world he was also persecuted by the church at one point he wrote I think this is in uh, in Timothy or someplace he wrote everybody has abandoned me everybody that like can you imagine to be in Apostle Paul's place and to come to a place where everybody except a few sons and daughters and one particular church I think everybody else abandoned him everybody else in Asia just abandoned him this guy was was suffering persecution by the hands of the church and by the hands of the world the Bible says he faced death how often daily he was willing to suffer in other words he didn't give up when when he preached Jesus and people didn't respond, he didn't give up. When he carried the burden for the church and the church didn't respond, he didn't give up. He was willing to do it to the, to the point of facing death on a daily basis. To be persecuted for the cause of the church on a daily basis. Amen. Hebrews 3 verse 13. It says that you must warn each other every day. Come on. Loudly. Read it with me. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. I want us to do this on a daily basis. Okay, we have a WhatsApp group in our church, right? For our church, at least the ones that are on the church. Can you, can you ask the Lord for one word from the Lord to just share on the group every day? You know, so let's say that today it's Pinky who is sharing, tomorrow it can be Comfort who shares, the next day, every day that you warn each other, every day that you remind each other, hey, have you, have you had your daily dosage of God today? Have you had your encounter with God today? Because how many of you know that we need reminder? Yeah? Yeah, we all need reminder. As we go through life, there are things that just take our attention, captivate us so much. And that's why the Bible says, all of you must, it doesn't say the pastors warn the church people. Nay. It says, you must all warn each other. In other words, you, when you share something, it has to be a warning for the pastor and the leaders and the elders too. It has to be an encouragement for everybody. Why? It says, while it is still today, we got to pursue God. While it is still today, we should not harden our hearts against God. While it is still today, we can't wait for tomorrow. Anything that God tells you to do or when God sends a word, don't say this is the word for tomorrow or next year. No, this is the word for today, right now. Can we warn each other? Can we not just, it's one thing to just, you know, 
to just carry the burden of the church. Another thing to just go to the extent of being willing to die for the sake of the church and for the sake of the gospel. Another thing to, to be daily involved in building people's life and encouraging them and, and just advising them and just saying, God, I'm going to be involved. Some of you are not public people. Some of you don't want to post anything on the church group. That's okay. On the church group, you'll have plenty of contacts. Call one person that you know and just pray for them on the phone. Or touch them personally. Before you touch, speak in tongues for half an hour. Ask the Lord for one word that will encourage this person to walk with God. And just do that. Each of you do this to each other every day. Every day. Come on, loudly. Every. I pray that through this sermon, if there's one thing that we have learned, it's this word. Every, every day. Daily. Daily. We are not called to be a weekly Christian. We are not called to be a weekly church. We are not called to be a, a, a weekly minister. We are not called to be a weekly preacher. We are not called to be a weekly church member. We are not called to be a weekly uh, encourager. We are called to be a daily encourager. Come on now. As much as we receive from God, so much so are we, are we supposed to pour out and give it out and you know, just pour into other people. I'm going to read this scripture from uh, the Old Testament and, and I pray that this will be prophetic about our church. Are you ready for this? This happened in a time when Israel experienced one of the biggest revivals. One of the biggest revivals happened in Israel during the days of King Hezekiah. And Judah and Israel came together. You know, those crazy move of God. And this is what the Bible says. It happened, this happened during those days, okay? Are you ready? The king also made a personal contribution of animals for the, come on, loudly, for the daily morning and evening burnt offerings. So this, this community had become a daily daily community where there was consistency daily every morning and evening there was worship and sacrifices and you know and just offering yourself up to the God daily basis and then it didn't finish with the daily meetings these daily meetings overflowed into the weekly Sabbath festivals every Sunday was a festival Every Sunday was a, you know, celebration. Every Sunday was a, a reason to just go, was a reason to just party. And they would do that. Their daily meetings, their daily offerings overflowed into their weekly giving to God. Amen? But it didn't finish there. What does it do? It says, weekly Sabbath festivals overflowed into the monthly new moon festivals. So, 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 you know, if you read the Old Testament, you know, timing of worship and everything, you'd see that they would have an offering in the morning and in the evening, and then on the Sabbath day, they would have offering, and then on the, on the new moon day, they will have a special offering to God. I, I, I don't know if this was an all-night fasting prayer or all-night worship or, you know, what that was, you know, how this translates for us. It doesn't matter. But there's weekly gatherings. Oh, you know, it, 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 there, was a, there was a peak every month. Every month there was a peak in these weekly gatherings. Amen? Where there was a new moon festival. And the Bible says, and then, and then, and then the annual festivals as prescribed in the name of the, in, in the law of the Lord. Now annually there were three festivals that they would meet up every year three festivals so that's about you know almost every four months these guys guys would just catch up and and they would go crazy they would go all out now now check this out okay daily weekly monthly see i would say it's seasonally you know it was not just not just enough to gather annually every season they would gather and they would and this annual gatherings the whole of israel would come together sometimes they would come and live in tents and in shelters and they would just oh man it was a literal representation of how heaven should be like every year they had this every year on a regular basis man this is where god is taking us as a church 
This is where I believe God wants us to do. This is what I believe God wants us to receive and walk and experience in this season. Can we pray that this will become our foundation? What does the Bible say in Psalm 11 verse 3? If the foundations are destroyed, what will the righteous do? What can the righteous do? Are we all righteous in this place? And can we pray for consistency in our life? Let's just, let's just pray quickly and just ask the Lord, Lord, this season, give me the grace to be just consistent, Lord. This season, give me the grace to be consistent. This season, I don't care about anything else. This season, I don't care about anything else, Lord. This season, give me the grace to be consistent. Make me an everyday Christian. Make me an everyday Christian. Make me a daily Christian, Lord. Make me a daily Christian. You knew every morning. receive you afresh Lord open our eyes to see how you are offering new things to us every morning I pray for the few of us in this place and the few of us that are watching online I just pray that a spirit of consistency will descend upon your children right now Lord a spirit of consistency will descend upon those that are listening to us on audio podcast that a spirit of consistency will descend upon each and every one of us that is present here and under the sound of my voice a spirit of consistency will come upon us right now in the name of Jesus that every day we will pray Lord give us today our daily bread every day every day we will worship you we will rise up to sing a new song to you every day we will read the word that that has the power to prevent us from sin and equip us for our day ahead every day we will wait for wisdom every day we will treasure your voice and every day Lord we will receive new strength Lord every day 
day our spirit will be renewed and every day Lord every day we will talk about you to the people out there in the world and every day we will carry the burden for the church and every day Lord every single day we would be willing to die for the sake of Jesus and every day every day we want to equip and encourage our brothers and sisters Lord together as a church we prophesy that in the days to come our church will be a daily church come on somebody said a amen to that in the days to come our church will be a daily church in the days to come our daily offerings will overflow into weekly celebration our weekly celebration will overflow into monthly gatherings and our monthly gatherings will overflow into seasonal gatherings and our seasonal gatherings will overflow into annual revivals thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord because no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has known what God is prepared for this end time church because you have promised that the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house so we believe that the glory of this end time church globally everywhere in the world will be greater the the, the audacity of this church the tenacity of this church the consistency of this church the, the, the willingness to go into the unseen realms of this church is going to be greater than the church in the book of Acts yes Lord we believe that we shall do greater because greater things greater things are yet to come Lord oh we love you Jesus yes we love you Jesus yes we love you Lord have your way have your way in Jesus name we pray thank you for tuning in we believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. for more information please visit our website dreamingrevival.com <laughs>